the last few sessions, I have been talking about God's guaranteed blessing. And uh, I put on the title, Lady Luck versus or, or God's Guaranteed Blessing. And many may not may say, I don't think luck has anything to do with it. But, you know, there's still something deep in the human psyche that thinks that, that somehow my future, my blessing uh, increase or whatever's going to come has to do with luck bad luck or, or, or good luck, whatever, and my luck has to change. But I, I want to share with you that your future is entirely connected to God's blessing, and God's blessing is guaranteed. So we're going to continue to talk about that. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Just for a moment, look at that verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we don't have problem believing or thinking that God is blessed, but it says he has blessed us, not he's going to. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And don't get thrown by that it says in heavenly places. It is referring to the source of your blessing is that which the Bible calls heavenly. It's a, it's a code word for, for, for that which belongs to God, that which comes from God, that is heavenly. You know, it talks about being earthly minded or being heavenly minded. Being heavenly minded is not having a mindset where you're imagining yourself going off into a cloud. It is thinking of the things that come from God, seeing God as your source. Today, as we look at God's blessing, we're going to look at a fantastic story. It, it really is fantastic. So let me preface it by saying, Old Testament stories, you know, when you look at the first uh, 39 books of the Bible, there the are many stories there, some way out stories, and they are, but the Old Testament stories are valuable if, and I underlined if, if they illuminate our understanding of Christ. You know, why was the entire Old Testament included in our Bible? Why do we have the Hebrew Scriptures in our Bible? It's for a Christological reason, because the apostles and the early church leaders, they were reading the stories from the Old Testament, and they saw pictures of Jesus. They saw prophecies of Jesus. They saw illustrations of Jesus. So it's not that the Old Testament scriptures make Jesus great. No, Jesus makes the Old Testament scriptures great. So when you read in the Old Testament there, it's, uh, it can be quite meaningless apart from Jesus' coming. When Jesus comes, we say, uh-huh, now in light of Jesus, I see here that this Old Testament story, this story from the Hebrew scriptures or this uh, passage, this writing, this poem, or this prophecy, it takes on a whole new significance. Well, there is a a story in the book of Numbers that is a treasure trove when it comes to the covenant of God's blessing. It's a story about a king by the name of Balak and a prophet, and though he, he, he didn't end up so good, but he started pretty good, it seems, Balaam. And so Balak the king, he is sending messengers with money, and they're offering money to prophet Balaam, because what has happened is that the people of Israel are, are on the march in the story, and they have come from Egypt. And so this king Balak, he wants Balaam, the prophet, to help him to prophesy for him. So it says like this in Numbers 22, 
this is Balak's messenger speaking. A people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth, and they're settling next to me. Please come at once, Balaam, and curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. So Balak here, the king, he's looking for an edge. He's thinking if this uh, prophet Balaam, and Balaam must have had some renown. He must have been known as a person that when he spoke something, it, it was pretty accurate. He said, if you can get Balaam to curse the people of Israel, it's, it, it kind of seems superstitious, and it is superstitious, but at least Balak understood the power of a blessing. So if we don't learn much from Balak, we, we should learn that, that there is power, significance, to a blessing from God. Let's see what happened. Number chapter 22, uh, verse 8. Balaam said to them, lodge here tonight. He says, stay here. And I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab, these leaders from Balak's kingdom, they stayed with Balaam. Then God said to Balaam, who are these men with you? It's not because God wondered who these men are, uh, but God is saying, Balaam, why are you entertaining these people? You know what they have in mind. You know better. Well, let's keep reading. Balaam said, Balak has sent me saying, look, a people has come out of Egypt and they cover the face of the earth. Now, remember that the Bible has a lot of hyperbole. And so it doesn't mean that the Israelites cover the whole earth. Of course not. It's, it's, a, it's a manner of speaking. It's like Jesus speaks in hyperbole when he talks about, a, you know, how difficult it is for those who trust in riches to enter the God's kingdom. It's like a camel going through the eye of a needle. We're not actually talking about squeezing a camel through the eye of the needle. It's hyperbole. And so always understand that when we interpret the Bible, for example, when it says in one place that the moon will turn to blood, it doesn't mean that literally human blood is going to be dripping off the surface of the moon. It's talking about it becomes red like blood. And so here he's saying the people of Israel, they're like cover the face. They're so big. What he's saying, they're so big. So he uses this metaphor. And he says, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam said, go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. Let's pause in the reading a little bit there. What do we see? Here comes the direct statement from God. You cannot curse what God has blessed. I told you there was a treasure trove of insight here. Think about you. You are blessed. I just read Ephesians 1, 3, that God has blessed you with every blessing that comes from God. And so what I'm talking about is about seeing yourself with both feet planted in the covenant of God's blessing. You cannot curse what God has blessed. So don't go around imagining that you are cursed or some bad thing is spoken against you and it's going to negative effect, affect you. No, see yourself as I am the one who is forever blessed because God has blessed me. So that's the application for us. Now, this prophet Balaam, He's a bit of a sneaky prophet, and, and, and 
he kind of knows God's will here. So there's a principle here. Don't seek God's guidance when you already know the answer. You don't need to pray about something when you already know the answer. Sometimes people say, in a very obvious situation, I'm going to pray about that. You don't need to pray about what is God's revealed will. Jesus showed God's will by healing, by saving, by not condemning, uh, by lifting people up. Jesus said he didn't come to condemn people, but to save them. So you don't need to pray about certain things. When, when there is a hurricane or a tornado, you don't have to pray about, was this God's judgment, or is God upset, or is God angry? No, you just look at Jesus. You know the answer. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn. I didn't come to, uh, to do that kind of thing. I've come to save. And, and so here, here what's happening is Balaam is kind of leaving the door open, even though he knows what's right, he kind of says, well, you know, I got this money that's being promised to me, and I like to have the money and God's blessing. And meanwhile, Balak the king, he ups the ante. And, and his messengers, they say the following, and I read, uh, Balak says, let nothing hinder you from coming to me, Mr. Balaam, for I will honor you greatly. Please curse this people for me. Balaam answered, If Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God. Good, good for Balaam. He's, he's on 100% right. He says, I don't care if you give me a house full of gold and silver. I, whatever God has said is going to stand. But then he says, Now please stay here tonight that I may know what more the Lord wants to say to me. You see, he leaves that door open. God has already spoken. And so some people make that mistake today. I was thinking of, of uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 1. You know how Jesus is. Let me read it to you. Then I'm going to go back and, and, uh, and read more here. Think, think about what it says in, in um Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God spoke a long time ago through the fathers and through the prophets in many ways, but now he has spoken through his son. So don't try to add to it. Don't say, I, I, know, I know Jesus heals, but. I know that God is good, but. No, Jesus is the final revelation. He has shown us God. And, and so we learn that here. Balaam is saying like, I want to leave the door open, you know, just, just in case I can pick up any nuance of something different. And, and then it says that God spoke to Balaam that night. God said to Balaam at night, if the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that shall you do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and he went with them. So here's something else. Balaam wasn't really supposed to do that. It wasn't God's best for Balaam. But if you insist on doing something stupid, God will allow it. He'll let you do it. God won't stop you. He won't come with violence to stop you. He, said he won't hold you back or restrain you. So, so already God has spoken several times and said, you know, you can't curse what God has blessed. D don't go down this road. But he, but he says, you know, maybe God has something more. You see, if, if you insist after you have 
that warning in your own heart. You know, I'm going into business here in a situation with somebody who doesn't really want to honor God. And I'm going to be a partner with that person. And if you insist, God, I'm going to do it. And I hope you'll help me best you can, God. And you go for God says, go ahead, go ahead and do that. If you, if you insist on running your life without God's blessing, it's like, okay, go ahead. God is not going to leave you. He's going to continue to love you. He's going to continue to be with you, but, but it's going to be something not as good as what could have been. You see, the prophet Balaam here, he, he has some good things. He says, I'm only going to say what, what God says, but then he is asking for trouble in a way. He's tempted it, it appears, by the, by the money that he was being offered. So anyhow, the story goes on. He goes with these messengers of Balak, the king, and, and, and he wants the money. And here's an amazing story. He's riding his donkey. You know, in the King James, it says, Balaam's ass. I don't use the word ass here. I primarily call about Balaam's donkey. And, and, and as he's riding on this donkey, the Bible tells this amazing story that uh, the donkey veers off the road and, and there is a, a narrow path and, and it's so narrow that the donkey pushes up against the, the stone wall and crushes Balaam's foot. And then there's an even narrower crossing and pathway and the donkey lays down, just refuses to move. And, and Balaam is so mad, he beats his donkey three times and he wishes the donkey was dead. And the Bible says that it was because an angel was blocking the donkey's path three times. And, and, and so the donkey was aware of this divine warning, but the prophet who is kind of now gone adrift, is not even aware of that warning. He's not even aware of the spiritual realities. Oh, this is a, this is a heads up for us. Be aware of spiritual realities. Then finally, and the donkey talks here, talks. There's some words come out of the donkey. It's like the donkey saying, don't beat me. I've been a good donkey. I've been serving you. And finally, Balaam understands there's an angel of God there. And so he, he listens and the angel says, you know, you, you have insisted on going, so, so keep going, but only say what God says. So fast forward, uh, Balaam gets to, to Balak and, 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 and Balak says, now I want you to prophesy and curse Israel. And so he, it's the most pitiful story. This prophet, he tries to curse Israel. He tries to say bad things. But remember, you cannot un unbless what God has blessed. You can't unbless it. I know unbless is not a word, but, but I, I'm trying to get your attention. You cannot curse what God has blessed. You cannot undo the blessing. And so the whole thing backfires. Every time that this, this supposed prophet Balaam is trying to speak some curse on Israel, he, he, he just, the words get twisted, and instead he ends up blessing them. You know, God's blessing is on you. I remember years ago, and this was not speaking about myself as a believer, but I was in South Bend, Indiana. I was visiting with my friend at that time, Lester Summerall, and um, we, we spent quite a, many, many times together, and, and he spoke to me. He said, Peter, 
in your ministry. He wasn't talking about me as a believer, as a savior, that as being saved, as a salvation part, even though it would apply to that. He said, but as far as your ministry, what God has called you to do, he said, you're blessed. You are in a covenant with God. God called you from before you were born and you, you just can't walk away from it. And at the time I thought maybe Lester Sumrall was a little bit overdramatic, but you know, over the years as the tests have come, I've realized, yes, as a believer, as far as my salvation, as far as your salvation, I am blessed. I'm blessed by God. And when I realize in our ministry to touch the world, you see, you can probably see it on the screen there, some of our great campaigns, some of the great outreaches we do, often in Hindu cultures, Buddhist cultures among Muslims, people are saying, how can you do this? How, how are you able to go to countries where no preacher seems to have gone in the least in the last hundred years? Uh, it's the blessing of God. And so I always honor the memory of, of uh, Lester Summerall because he spoke that prophetically to me. He says, you are, you are blessed. You have a covenant with God. But I want to say that applies to everyone. Every one of you, when it comes to what God has provided for you, you are a blessed person. Let's go back to the story of Balak and Balaam. And Balaam says, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? How shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? Who can count the dust of Jacob and number one-fourth of Israel? So he says, I, I just can't do it. He says, I'm trying. I'm trying to work against that which God has blessed, but, but I can't. I just can't do it. I can't denounce. You know, I wish I could. He's saying I could just denounce and these people would be canceled. You know, we live in a time of cancel culture. They want to cancel people. Well, we are not being canceled. The church of Jesus Christ is not being canceled because we're going to be stronger than ever. In fact, a little bit of opposition that's coming our way is actually good for us. Another thing we learn out of that scripture verse I just read is what matters is what God says about you. And, and here Balaam says, you know, I can't even number one quarter of the people. There's so many of them. There's an enormity of how God has blessed them. God's blessing on your life is enormous. And so King Balak, being a little sneaky person, he says, well, this is not working good. I'm trying to get you to curse the people of God. And then she says, I'm going to take you here, Balaam, to a different place. Let's go up on a different hill and let's make seven sacrifices. And let's, let's stand in a place where you really can't see them all. Maybe it will look less impressive to you. And so they do that again, same thing. Balaam ends up blessing Israel. You cannot curse what God has blessed. Uh, this goes on several times and they make more sacrifices and more sacrifices. What's the truth here? The blessing doesn't start with what you see on the outside. It is Christ in you. This is for us. Now let's for a moment leave Balak and Balaam and just say, you know, on the outside in your life, if you, I was to look at your life or someone was to look at your life from a certain angle, it, it may not look like the blessing is really there. But the blessing is not dependent on how it looks. You, you may look like you're not so blessed right now, but the real blessing is Christ inside of you. 
It is Christ in you. That's the source of the blessing. That's why I say, if you lost it all, you lost your home, your car, everything was burned to ashes, and you stand on those heaps of ashes of what once was your belongings, you still haven't lost it if you have God's blessing. And, and so this goes on here, it says in verse 13, then Balak said, please, Balaam, come with me to another place. You shall see only the outer part of them and, and, and shall not see them all. Curse them for me from there. Again, you can't do it. doesn't matter how the outside looks. The principle holds through what God has blessed cannot be cursed. You see, that's why I say it's not luck. It's not a four-leaf clover. It's not a rabbit's foot. It's God's blessing. Let, let's keep reading, because here, now, now Balaam, this is about the best part of Balaam's message. He says, verse 19, God is not a man that he would lie, nor the son of a man that he would change his mind. Has he said, and he will not do it? Has he spoken, and will not make it good? I've received a command to bless when he has blessed, I cannot revoke it. He has not looked at the misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen the trouble in Israel. The Lord, his God, is with them, and the joyful shout of a king is among them, for there is no magic curse, nor any divination against them. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. Let me, let me try to, to break it down there. Let's put it this way. God's blessing for you because this story applies to us today. God's blessing in Christ is forever established. You just can't mess with it. God's covenant of blessing stands for you. Psalm 89, 34 says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. God cannot break a covenant. Just because you pulled back from God, just because you and I did something stupid and something that we would say that that deserves retribution. God cannot back away from loving you and from what Christ has done for you. Another thing we learned from that passage of Scripture is God doesn't see your iniquities because of Christ. Remember what he said there? Balaam said, you know, you may look at Israel and say, oh, there's so much misfortune. Oh, there's so much sin among them. And here it says, God doesn't see that. He has blessed them. And even though that problem is there, he's going to take them through. How much more is that real for you and I? You, you may be looking at, well, I had this happen and that happen. And those things are serious. Maybe you committed a sin. That's very serious. It's very self-destructive. But when you will hold on to Jesus Christ and run to him and cling to him, God doesn't see you through that misdeed of yours. He sees you through the righteousness of Christ. And then Balaam said here, no sorcery or divination or negative word will destroy you. Uh, that's something to get excited about. Sometimes I hear Christians say, well, I feel cursed. I feel there's so many negative words. Well, if this was good under the old covenant before Jesus had come, that what God had blessed could not be cursed, then know this, no curse, no magic will work against you. And then it said there, so shout for joy because the blessing of the king is among you. Well, I'll say shout for joy. And then, you know, let me finish up this. 
Then finally, this King Balak, who's trying so hard to get uh, Balaam to curse Israel, he says, and I just paraphrase it there, he says, Balak said, neither curse them nor bless them. He said, just, just try to not bless them. <laughs> and again, it fails because Balaam can't stop from blessing that which God has blessed. And, and, and when Balak then is trying to stop the blessing, and there's always somebody trying to stop God's blessing from flowing your way, but you, it's unstoppable. What, what Balaam ends up doing, he ends up giving a prophecy about Jesus where he calls Jesus a big star that's coming. You see, so this, this strange Old Testament story, it's connected to Jesus and it's prophesied about Jesus. And we know today that the blessing is in Jesus. Let me keep reading. Balak's anger was aroused and he said, I call you to curse my enemies and look, you have bountifully blessed them three times. <laughs> exactly the point. I started by reading, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every blessing in Christ. So, so I, I hope, I, I, I'm trying to help everybody to put both your feet inside of and deeply rooted in the covenant of God's blessing for you in Christ. See yourself not as someone who is looking to be blessed, but who I am blessed. I am blessed to be a blessing. And no evil power, nothing in the world, can stop God's blessing except for one thing. So let's put it this way. God's blessing is unstoppable. We can only stop the benefits. I said we can stop the benefits of it. You see, the blessing, it's flowing. It's like a signal coming from the, from the television station and from the tower or analog or whatever way it's coming, but you can cut off the receiver. If I use this illustration, you know, in many of the coastal cities in different parts of the world, they have built levees. Well, the levees are like little hills, man-made hills that would stop any flooding in case of a, any kind of flood or tsunami. Uh, the, the tsunami or the flood would not break through the levees, and so the, the people would, would be protected. And so I understand that levees are generally... A, a protection, but let's look at it from the other way. Let's talk about that there is a tsunami of blessing and benefit about to sweep you, coming towards you. And maybe you have levies, not that protect you, that hinder you, levies of, of, of thinking that, you know, my luck needs to change. You're not even including God. You're thinking, I need Lady Luck to be on my side. Or, or maybe there are levies of unbelief. Maybe there are, are, are another levy is you, you don't see yourself as God sees you, blessed in Christ. And so those things are holding back. Oh, the, the, the floodgates are open in the sense that the flood waters are there of blessing to sweep over you. So I say, let the levies break and say, well, I want to step into this blessing that is pictured in the history of Israel, but uh, then it's fulfilled in Jesus. Not just for Israel, the Jewish people, they have to come to Jesus. They have no other, other way to come. 
They're not going to have any blessing outside of Jesus Christ the same way that every other nationality have their blessing. So I'm going to invite you right now. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for healing and life and power. I pray for that person who has felt that their life has been surrounded by darkness, by despair, by failure upon failure. I, I think your eyes are being opened to see, yes, I'm the blessed one. Let the blessing overwhelm me. Let the blessing come over me. Let me live in that blessing. So I, I take the levies of hindrance down and I'm believing God in Jesus' name. Well, the very first step into God's blessing, of course, is to acknowledge that Jesus Christ died for my sins. He rose again to make us righteous, to give us new life, and because He lives, we will live also. So I want to invite you today to receive this new life in Christ. 